Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. Who are the clients that are going to be best for me? And it gets a little confusing, right? Because you're thinking, who is the client that's going to come to me? But is that the client that I necessarily want to work with? Because it's, especially in this climate, it's very important to think about burnout, what you're passionate about. And if you're working for someone else in another practice or in an agency, you may not necessarily have that agency. But if you're starting out a practice, you definitely want to make sure you're putting it out there so that the clients that you prefer to work with, that those are the clients that are you are attracting. Welcome back to the Building Us podcast. I am Eric Garcia, certified financial advisor and financial planner. And I, as always, I am joined here by my co-host, Dr. Matt Morris. Matt, today is going to be an interesting episode. Yes. Um, one of the things that we talk about here are, are you know aspects related to entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurship. Both of both you and I uh, were business owners, entrepreneurs. Yes. Can you spell that entrepreneur? No. no. <laughs> business. No. I can barely spell business owner, much less business. entrepreneurial or entrepreneurship. Those so this is going to be me. a show about entrepreneurialism. Entrepreneurialism. <laughs> So we have you, who is a seasoned um, business owner, owns his own private counseling practice. And then we have a guest on our show who's actually, yes. we were chatting about this, I think this is the first official repeat guest of the Building Us podcast, Trelena yes. Eugene with us. And yes. she's an entrepreneur, but she is looking forward. So this Correct. is gonna be a fun conversation here. Uh, we got the old, you know, wise sage, the oracle, who's looking backwards. <laughs> As I said earlier, the granddad in this in this like story. Yeah. <laughs> looking back. And then we have Trelana looking forward. So this is gonna be a fun conversation. Before we jump into it, I just wanna remind our listeners of a couple of things. We have a series that we uh, posted a few weeks back called simple series and what's really cool about it is it's if you like it it was a joint idea between matt and i if you don't like it it was matt's idea completely but they're they're shorter a very practical and uh, tactical uh, things that you can do to make an, a deposit into your emotional bank account and we're following that up with another series called simple money where i'll talk about some simple things that you can do for your finances that aren't going to guarantee you financial success because nothing can really guarantee financial success. But if you do these things, it's going to put you on a good trajectory to have financial success. So be sure that you are following us. So Matt, let's jump into this. So the way we're going to do this, I'm kind of asking you, what are what are five things looking back that you wish you knew before you started mm -hmm. a private practice? And Trelena, we're going to talk to you about five things that you're thinking about right now as you're about to launch into this new venture. So That's Matt, correct. let's, uh, let's start with you. What's, what's maybe like the one thing that you wish you would have known when you first started? 
Yeah, and just thinking about this whole concept, I mean, there's no way when I was in Trelana's shoes that I would have known what to talk about at this point. <laughs> there's just no, there's no way. And even looking back, I'm only looking back through from the, from the point that I'm at now, which is about, you know, almost 15 years in. Um, so I may, I may change this list in a few years, but um, <clears throat> things that I'm definitely thinking about now and, and, you know, Eric, I talk to other therapists regularly about their own private practices and, and part of, you know, groups that discuss our, our, our businesses. And so I'm, I'm not only right. I don't think I'm only reflect reflecting my own ideas, but reflecting ideas of other people that I hear. But, um, so to get us started, you know, this is something I hear, my, I hear myself tell my students a lot is that, uh, number one, there is an aspect of sales that's part of counseling. Selling is part of the counseling business. You have to be in sales. Yes. It's a, but sales has such business and, and some, mm -hmm. you're shaking your head, Trelana. What yeah. are you thinking? What are you thinking there? Uh, I mean, I remember having those conversations with Matt and, uh, and, you know, we would talk about like this business part of, of running a practice and, you know, my stomach would fill all sorts of things because counselors, we don't necessarily use that part of our brain. We don't really kind of see mm. ourselves as uh, selling something, right? And so it's, that's difficult. That's a different, a different concept to really digest. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume here, I, I maybe make a mistake by assuming, but the selling idea just sounds like, oh, that's not what I'm like selling. I'm not yeah. selling anything because there uh -huh. almost seems a conflict, right? If I'm mm -hmm. selling something, I'm conflicted mm -hmm. somehow. Is that kind of what I'm, is that that's the vibe it. I'm feeling? You, you've nailed it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting though, regardless of private practice or regardless of anything, like we're all, you write a resume, you're selling yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So Matt, talk a little bit about why selling, how you see that as part of the, how are you selling? Talk, yeah. talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So, I mean, early on in my, uh, in the, in the, in the lifespan of my practice, when I didn't have very many clients, you know, you need clients. And so you're trying to attract clients and a client calls you and says, Hey, you know, I, I, potentially want to meet with you, tell me about your practice. That is obviously, you're, you're obviously selling your practice. Let me sell you some of my time as opposed to you purchasing some other therapist's time. Purchase my time, please. Purchase my time. So that, that's obviously a sales aspect of it. Um, at the end of every session, I think there's a moment where the client is making a determination to come back or not. And I think there's a little bit of cells that hang there in the air. Um, I met with a, a client recently and, you know, you know, I do couples therapy primarily. And so oftentimes one partner is more motivated than the other partner. And uh, I ended a session and said, would you, you all like to come back next week? And one partner said, yes, immediately, like before I could finish the sentence. <laughs> and the other partner was like, hmm, kind of sunk down in their chair. <laughs> so you're, you're often selling uh, your service to people who aren't equally motivated to purchase it. So there's a sales aspect there. And then just third, and I guess this is a little bit more broad, is that part of counseling is sharing ideas. 
And when you share, when you share ideas, when I tell you something and you tell me something and we are influencing each other and persuading each other, and there's a give and take of ideas, there's an aspect of sales to that. Like, can I, can I state this in a way, position this in a way that you can bite into that you can take a bite of it and enjoy it can i can i position it in in a way that's palatable to you i think there's a sales aspect there yeah yeah not not all selling is strong arming people Mm -hmm. sure I think that's the, and, the stereotype, right? And rare, rarely is it strong arming and counseling. I mean, we're, we're rarely, no, very few counselors are like used car salesmen when it comes to like, <laughs> what do I have to do to get you to buy this today? You know, what yeah. number would it take for you to buy this? To, no, counselors aren't that way. We're yeah. much more nuanced, but it still is sales. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, so an aspect of that. Reflect on that a little bit. Reflect on what Matt just said. Kind of that. How does that does that put you at ease? Are you kind of? Yeah, what you no, about? it's it, it's true, right? And, and even if you're thinking about it in terms of, I would imagine like novice counselors or counselors that uh, maybe not, may not necessarily be fully licensed. This is something that you're wrestling with in the beginning because you know that used car salesman thing. It's like, you need your hours, right? If you're going to be uh, an adult, yeah. <laughs> an adult counselor, right? You need hours. So there is a aspect of you that like when a client doesn't come back, you're like, oh, right? Like, am I going to be able to kind of yeah. reach toward that? But even with that, there is this, what Matt is, you know, um, describing is that like, you know, it, a person has to want to, you know, want the work, right? They have to be ready for it. And so regardless to how well you sell it, <laughs> um, you don't want to pull people in counseling and, and really do this work if they're not ready for it. And so I think, yeah, most counselors are walking in with that type of understanding. Yeah. Let me pause here real quick. Cause we didn't even introduce you. Like, so, <laughs> so, so you, you're, a, you're, a, you're actively practicing counselor correct? and you are looking to yes. launch. A practice. Lunch. Okay. So, yes, you're, so you're not, I mean, you're not green. You, 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 you know, you've, it's not your first rodeo. Yeah. She's been, been here for been years. Been around the block for a while. Yeah. <laughs> right, you've been around. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you, yes, you, you yes, do yes. speak. So even from an experienced counselor's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, there's this idea of almost maybe safety of working at working somewhere where I don't Absolutely. necessarily have to sell. Someone else might yes. be bringing the clients Absolutely, in. Absolutely, right? I'm not worried about that influx or what happens if I lose a client or what happens or how to get more people there, right? Absolutely, yeah. So you don't have to get your hands dirty. I let someone else get their hands dirty, right? right? But now, yeah. now going so that's into good, it, Matt. you're thinking yeah. about that, right? Like how how do I do that? Absolutely. So what what is something that you're thinking about? Share share with us. Matt shared something that he looked back on. What's something yeah. that you're that you're actively uh, thinking about right thinking now? Thinking about, yeah. So this is it's a little connected. Um, I'm trying to think as starting out uh, a new practice is like, so who is my ideal client, right? Because I mm. am aware of the selling aspect, right? And mm-hmm. so, who are the clients that are going to be best for me? Um, and then, you know, that's a little, it gets a little, you know, confusing, right? Because you're thinking like, who is the client that's going to come to me? But is that the client that I necessarily want to work with? 
right? Ooh, yeah, um, because good. it's, especially in this climate, it's very important to think about burnout. It's important to think about what you're passionate about. And if you're working for someone else in another practice or in an agency, you know, you may not necessarily um, have that agency. But if you're starting out a practice, you definitely want to make sure you're kind of like putting it out there uh, so that the clients that you prefer to work with that those are the clients that that mm-hmm. um, that are you are tra- attracting, right? So that's something that I'm thinking about, you know. And Matt and I talk a lot about that. Like, who is your ideal client? What does that ideal client look like? Um, so I'm, you know, kind of like expanding that and trying to figure out who that is. Hmm. Matt, old wise one. <laughs> what do you? What say you? Old wise one. Yeah. Old wise one. Yeah, it's a great uh, question. Um, just a little bit of background here, I think, is that, you know, Trelena has been, you've been in practice for a long time, mm-hmm. in a practice, mm-hmm. um, and you're starting your own private practice. And so yes. you've already been attracting clients who are who are interested in working with you. And, yes. and you've already had, you know, hours and hours and years of experience figuring out what client is, is better and what client is less, a less good fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... In, th- in thinking about that, you know, being able to identify your your best client, your better client, your better group mm-hmm. of client mm-hmm. will help you also figure out how do you market? How do you yes. brand? How do you, you know, where do you spend your time and money and resources trying to connect with these folks? Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's, it's a really smart question to ask at the beginning because it'll guide so many of your other decisions. Yes. You know, if your client, for instance, if your ideal client, um, uh, you know, is going to be using, um, lives in a certain part of town, then it would be better mm-hmm. to have an office in that part of town. It wouldn't yes. be a great idea to have to to get office space across the river, for instance, <laughs> if that way, if that's not where your ideal client is. Yes. So it it does guide so much of your decision making about your practice. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think t- tied to that, tied to your ideal client, and and maybe maybe counselors don't think of it in this from this perspective, but it's a brand, right? It's what brand. brand are you building? You know, and yeah. I'll say Matt's done a really good job of building this brand of couples counselor, the relationship yes. doctor. Yes. So when Matt, you know, on that idea of, of creating marketing, when Matt creates marketing to attract his ideal client, it speaks to maybe issues that mm-hmm. he can help resolve in the life of couples. He doesn't Absolutely. speak to issues of singles. If yes. his If his ideal client were, you know, millennials just graduating or young millennial professionals who are uh-huh. not yet married, Mm-hmm. You know, he probably wouldn't do a good job calling himself, you know, a couples counselor. Uh-huh. No. Uh-huh. no, absolutely. Absolutely. There's actually um, a book that I've been reading is called Primal Branding. Um, and, and this is, you know, kind of what I'm thinking through. Right. And a word mm-hmm. that they used to describe was like, who are the pagans? <laughs> who are the non-believers? Who are the people that when they're calling, because you have to, you know, uh, I think Matt and I were talking about this before. If, if, a, if a client is calling, you can't assume that every client is, is that is your client, right? And so you want to just be very, very clear about 
what is your position? You know, what is your stance? Um, you know, what are the things uh, that absolutely differentiate you between the type of therapy that you do and the type of therapy that another therapist does, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, in my mind, I'm thinking like wellness is important to me. Holistic, you know, practices is important to me, right? And so if a client is coming to me, I am very clear in the beginning that like this is the type of therapy. Um, this is the type of ideal client that I'm working with. Yeah. So let me pause right here and say something, Jelena. Mm-hmm. You just sold yourself. You didn't even know it. You just <laughs> okay. naturally sold yourself. Okay. Okay. Right? You so sold that's yourself it. on yeah, what you believe. This is what I believe. This is the. Mm-hmm. This is the. This is the. And um, you might not got down specific to the ideal client per se, but yes, these are things yes, yes. that I believe. These are things that I want to build upon. Mm-hmm. What sets me apart from somebody else? That's all selling. You see, Absolutely. you didn't strong arm me. You didn't strong arm right. anybody. You, you, yes. You're setting yourself apart. Yeah. And you have to tell that story because no one else is. That's it, right? That's the creation story. That's the like how I got here. Absolutely. I love so that. So let, let's stick on this ideal client because you just started mm-hmm. alluding to another thing that you're thinking of and, and maybe they're one and the same, but this idea of like marketing. Marketing. Right. You, you, so is that something that um, kind of tied to ideal client? Is that something that you're you're kicking around? Share with us some of those some of those thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is the part that um, where your own stuff kicks up, <laughs> your own personality kicks up, right? Because, you know... Your your own insecurities? Your I, own insecurities. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, right? Because is that, a, is that a technical counseling term? Your own Is that like junk, your own stuff, your own junk? Yeah, your own stuff. Of, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, okay. uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh-huh. And I use okay. that, right? And so this is... Okay. Um, you might hear me use some of these words that I've been kind of kicking around with, with this book, right? Because we all have like sacred words, <laughs> words mm. that are like just like, you know, if your client is talking if your client is talking, they know what you mean by that, right? So a lot of my clients, I'm like, is this your stuff, right? Is this your stuff that's coming up? Um, But yeah, absolutely. So my stuff is that like, I hate marketing. I don't want to do that, right? Like I want to counseling people. Um, I don't like social media, Uh, but I'm also in a world where, you know, millennials are here, right? Technically, you know, I'm a millennial, but uh, yeah, I'm thinking about the social media. I'm thinking about, uh, do I want to outsource this, right? Do I want to handle my marketing or do I want to, you know, maybe kind of pay someone else um, that's doing this for me? And there, there are people out there, what I'm thinking about is um, there's been this like influx of uh, particular marketers for your niche, right? So there's yeah. there are people out here that market specifically for therapists. Um, and so then it's just like, do you want to do that work yourself? Do you want to manage that yourself? Or um, do you want to kind of outsource that? So that's something that I'm thinking about as well. And that, and I, as you're saying that, I'm thinking as a financial advisor, I'm starting to think, okay, now you're getting into issues of budgeting, right? You say outsource yes. immediately. It's like, I've got to pay for that. Absolutely. So now you're yeah. making a decision like, yeah. Is that worth it? Is that trade-off worth it? You know, if That's I output X amount of dollars, what's going to come back? Is X times two going to come back in the door? That's it. That's the yeah. question. Matt, right what there, are your Eric. thoughts? What are your thoughts there on on, on marketing? Yeah, I, I Trelane, I, I empathize with you. I think that this concept of marketing is fairly foreign to therapists for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just being a professor for a no, for many years now. I rarely hear students talk about, this is my marketing plan for, Mm 
my private practice, they talk about their, their therapeutic orientation. They talk about their, <laughs> yes. their, their ability to conceptualize cases. They talk about clients that they, you know, issues that they prefer to work with, but they don't generally talk about marketing plans or strategies. Um, and then furthermore, I do think that among the therapy population, Trelana, I'd love to know your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. There's only a, a percentage of those people that really are entrepreneurial I agree. Mm-hmm. And a whole chunk of mental health professionals that don't want to have to drum up their own business. They want to work at an agency and, and, and have their case, case, you know, case list filled by somebody else. And, and there's a comfort to that. And there's a discomfort to having to be, to, to attract your own clients. And so marketing is not for the faint of heart and it's unnatural to therapist. Uh, but it's so necessary. How is a client going to find you mm-hmm. if you don't put yourself out there in some way? Everybody, there are people right now dying to meet with you, not literally, but just yes. figuratively yes. dying to meet with you. They're mm-hmm. dying to meet with somebody. There is somebody Googling therapist right now. Yes. Therapist near me right now. Mm-hmm. Therapist the near me is, who believe in holistic counseling and yes. work Wellness. with millennials. Right. right. <laughs> they and, say Google so, Google killed the uh, generalist. Is what they say. Ooh. Yeah, and people are looking online first. They are. And so this this concept number one, you've got to put yourself out there so that people can find you. Number two, there's people that are, would beat down your door to meet with you. Mm-hmm. And number three, they're going online first mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. somebody. Mm-hmm. You've got to you've got to develop some kind of an online marketing strategy absolutely yeah. matt said you can be you can be the best counselor in the world mm-hmm. but if no one knows about you all your training all your skill all your counsel that you could possibly deliver to someone is really um kind of useless if yeah. it's if it's not being deployed if you can't find people to come um to come hear you matt along the same line kind of looking back i know this is something that you and i have talked about and I'm, I'm going to take a shot here, and I hope this is one of your things that you're going to talk about, um, is in terms of, of marketing and finding clients. I know you and I have spent a lot of time talking about centers of influence and networking mm-hmm. with other professionals. Is that one of your things that maybe you look back on saying that you? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so one of my five things is, relates to marketing and it's just this idea that marketing is critical for and ongoing marketing is critical because clients are can easily forget about you you can get lost out there in the sea of counselors that are in new orleans it's easy to to get lost i mean there's a lot of competition uh there's a lot of there's a lot of need and a lot of clients and plenty to go around but there's also a lot of therapists out there so you have to continue to put yourself out there but uh, one of my things that I, I wish I would have known earlier on, Eric, and I think you're getting to this, is to, that I needed to build a, a diverse network of other professionals. Mm-hmm. So but coming out of graduate school, you're surrounded by classmates that are also counselors. It's easy to surround yourself with a diverse network of counselors, <laughs> um, but it's not necessarily easy to surround yourself with a diverse network of other professionals, which also means you got to put yourself out there. You got to get out there to non-counseling, non-mental health marketing events. You got to meet people. You got to meet 
accountants and lawyers and and um, and uh, you know m people who are experts in digital media and marketing and content creation and websites and web development. You also just need to meet um, you know an IT person and somebody that is great at internet and somebody that mm -hmm. knows technology well. And uh, you're going to need a plumber and you're going to need an electrician and insurance agents and all of that stuff. And not only in the way that they can support your practice, but also in the way that they'll need, they'll need to ask you some questions one day and you'll need to ask them some questions one day. Mm -hmm. And so you, you really are loading up your backpack of resources by building relationships that are broad professionally. And then I, I feel like it's also critical to just build a you know, a diverse network, ethnically, racially, uh, mm -hmm. socioeconomically, um, educationally. Orientation, uh, of, sexual orientation, yeah. And sexual orientation in terms of age and experience and background. Mm -hmm. I think all of that helps you to, to stay connected to you, to your community, mm -hmm. to your clients. I just think that is also so critical. And then you specifically, Eric, mentioned centers of influence. And this is a term that you taught me a long time ago, but it, these are people who interact with my potential clients and who may be referring my potential clients to me. Mm -hmm. So if I think about Trelane, if I think about where do my clients go, who do they intersect with already? Where do they hang out? And who are the professionals in those spheres? I need to know those those professionals too. Yes. So there's a kind of marketing which is like direct trying to direct market to clients. But there's another kind of marketing which is putting myself out there among other professionals who know my clients. Yes. Who might connect me hmm. with those clients. Mm -hmm. So that that centers of influence is really important to me. Yeah, once you once you've identified your ideal client, mm -hmm. ask yourself what other professional works intimately with these people. Yes. And I want to go get to know those people. Yeah. You know, for a financial advisor, it's it's normal to interact with CPAs mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. attorneys, particularly estate attorneys. There's there's a natural mm -hmm. overlap of, of clientele there. Absolutely. Um, but I've unknowingly in the past couple of months found some new centers of influence, some new niches that I didn't realize I was participating in. Um, but I interact in these circles regularly. I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that these, these. I'm not going to go sell myself to yeah. these people. Yeah. But do they even know what I do? Mm -hmm. Do they yeah. do they even understand my industry? Do they understand the value that I can add to them? Absolutely. And I, I maybe need to do a better job of conveying that to these to these to this uh, network of professionals that I already exist in. Absolutely. Yeah. Just so, as an example of that, Eric, I, I've for a long time coached one of my son's flag football team here in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, that means that there's several other kids on the team. Um, and that means there's lots of parents involved. And for a long time, I didn't ever really introduce myself professionally to the other parents. They just knew me as the coach or my son's dad. Didn't really inter introduce myself professionally. And then one day I was talking to, uh, or I had been emailing with a, uh, a therapist in town that I know well. And then one of the dads came up to me later at practice and was like, you know, you were just talking to my sister on email. <laughs> we just put two and two together that you're Matt Morris, the counselor in town. And, yes. and it was, it was just kind of like, I didn't, I hadn't even thought to, to really talk about myself professionally with this group of people 
who are connected to all these other groups of people in New Orleans. And you know how New Orleans works. It's, we're only a couple of people away from everybody. Yep. <laughs> and you don't have to be weird about it. Like, hey, uh, no. hey, do I coach your kid? And here's my business card. Like, if you want to, mm-hmm. you know, if you have problems with your, your wife, you know, give me a call. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm always like, hey, I'm always like, hey, I coach your kid. Can we have a meeting about We didn't talk about parenting? this. <laughs> Can we talk <laughs> about this? And it's a counseling session, so I'm going to bill you, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, yes. what's, uh, what's maybe something else that you're thinking about right now yeah, that you're kind of kicking that. around? I love that. So to kind of piggyback off of what you're thinking, um, in my mind, I'm thinking, right, like, okay, I'm holistic, uh, wellness, right? There are some naturopathic doctors that I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm familiar with. There are doulas, right? There are mm-hmm. these pro- other professionals, absolutely, like you're thinking, right? That that's already connected and who might already be working with my clients. But mm-hmm. then I'm thinking about, they tell them about me, right? Maybe they have my business card, and then how do they find me, right? And so, do I need a website? And then what does this website look like? Should I create the website? Do I want to use one of these free DIY websites? Or do I want to, again, outsource this, right? I'm thinking, what is my website going to be used for? Should I start out start out simple? Uh, I'm aware that, you know, the more, Matt and I always talk about this, so I might use some of the words, right? Uh, the, the words, um, Matt, help me out with this. There's like, uh, people can find you search. if you add SEO, videos. search engine. There you go. There you go. That's search it. engine optimization. Right. Yeah. That stuff. That's it, right? Like my brain, I don't I don't necessarily want to know about that stuff, right? So, <laughs> so do I want to pay someone to to do that, right? Do I want to pay someone to manage my website? Or again, if you're starting off, right? In my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to grow big. But if I'm just starting out, if I'm not going to necessarily be uh, adding videos at the moment, do I want to start out uh, small and then expand, right? So those are some things I'm thinking about. Because you got to find me. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes, yes. Yes. You need a website. Yes, Yes, you do. but you'll be surprised how many therapists do not have a website, which is really interesting. Clients yeah. want to see you. They want to know, you know, what you look like. Yep. So those, yeah. those therapists without websites, I'm curious, how do clients find them? Do they have do they have a thriving practice? Do people find them? Mm-hmm. Are they struggling mm-hmm. to to fill hours? Yeah. I think a lot of uh you correct me for all Matt, Matt, I think a lot of therapists uh, depend on other type of um, platforms, right? Such as like Psychology Today, uh, those yeah. type of things. And, you know, I guess, again, depending on the type of um, practice you want, you know, that answers a general question. But in my opinion, you know, clients, they want more, right? They want to know what your yeah. office looks like. They want to know, you know, really outside of that little blurb, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple of uh, really big and robust therapist listing sites. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Psychology Today. It's a great resource mm-hmm. for for clients and therapists just starting out um, or who are established and are fi- getting enough clients through that method. Mm-hmm. There is tpn.health, a local company that is a therapist listing site. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is for the masses of therapists. If you want to differentiate yourself from that crowd of therapists and you want a a more custom specialized look like my practice is unique and different, then you're going to need a unique and different website, a custom website. Um, I just also think that, and this is all complicated technical and I can't explain it all, but you need a digital footprint that is larger than psychology today can provide you with. And so 
it, you know, you're thinking about being found. That's the mm-hmm. point of the website. It's really, it's, it's really like the big billboard, the big online billboard for your practice. Um, and so you need some kind of a, uh, a, an impressive, an attractive, mm-hmm. informative, useful, helpful online site. And that, you know, that's a, that's a custom website. Whether you build that or pay someone to build that is, you know, up to you and your ability. <laughs> I have spent, you know, I've spent a lot of money over the years building websites. I started out trying to build it myself. I don't know how to do that stuff. I <laughs> didn't, I'm not good at that. Mm-mm. I'm good at a lot of things, yes. but there's a lot of things I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, paying somebody else to do that makes a lot of sense. I do think these days you could get started with kind of a semi-custom, you know, template that you could use, uh, something like that. But yeah, for you, for you, if you're wanting something that is different, differentiated, that unique is unique and really helps you sell your vision, then a, a custom website or semi-custom websites the way to go. I just today got an email from um, a guy. I'm going to give a shout, shout out to uh, Greg Goodman on the West Coast. He's a uh, a digital media specialist that helps therapists market their practice. Um, and he's given me so much great advice over the years, but you know, one of, one of the pieces of advice would be, yes, you need an up-to-date website and keeping it up to date is not easy. I mean, there's the front side of it, the thing that people see, which is like, is it up to date in terms of content? Do, do the words are the words up to date? But there's all the back end side, the programming side that has to stay up to date. And that has a much greater influence over search engine optimization and people being able to find you. I have no idea how to program the back end of a website. You don't? There they don't are teach people you that? who do. They don't teach you that? <laughs> no, right. no, no, they don't no. teach you that. Right. And it, to, further are, to further complicate it, you were talking about, y'all are talking about search engines. Google yes. constantly changes the algorithm in terms of how, right. how they serve you up. So if I search for yeah. counselor in New Orleans, um, you know, you may or may not come up based off of a change that, that Google's made here. Here's yeah. what I'll say about having a website. So I agree with Matt. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. you can go in the yellow pages. We did get yellow pages delivered to our house a couple days ago and wow. my kids were like, what is this? When? It's <laughs> I not need even, to see this. <laughs> it's not even high enough. It's not even high enough to use as, we used to use them as booster seats. They're not even high enough for yeah. that anymore. Oh my gosh. Um, but, but listen to this. As Matt said, if you're trying to differentiate yourself, imagine me as a financial advisor, if I'm trying to get clients and I send you to one of the big firms to go read about investments and to go read about financial planning and to read about life insurance and to read about retirement planning. Okay. So you're going over here to these big companies to get information. Then I come to you like, Hey, do business with me. I haven't done any work in educating you. And I think part of having your website is not necessarily telling people what therapy is, but talking about issues that are important to people who you who are going to come see you. You get That's to it. inform them. You get to educate them. You become the authority. You become the credible person. And now I want to mm-hmm. I want to go see Trelena. Mm-hmm. Um, That's it. There, there, there's some loyalty. There's some brand recognition. There, you're you're starting to build a relationship with people who might not need you yet. Absolutely. Absolutely. But one day they will. And then time is money, right? Like. Um, you know, I, I'm also thinking about like, how can I cut down on that like phone consultation time? Right. And so if my website 
had everything that a, a client needs to know about the work, answered those questions, those common questions that I typically get asked in that phone consultation. Well, now I've just like saved money because <laughs> I've saved myself 20 to 30 minutes, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, I could say it this way, Trelana. My website, which is drmattmorris.com, you also got to come up with a URL, but yes. drmattmorris.com, that website has been by far far mm-hmm. the best investment I made in my practice. Ah. It is still day in and day out the first way that people find me. Mm-hmm. And you know, these days it's, uh, it's got over a hundred blog articles yes. that I've written over the years. Yes. Um, so it's got a really robust, frequently asked questions page so that mm-hmm. exactly what you're talking about, mm-hmm. people can find out policies of the practice. Yes. It's got way a way to schedule an appointment. And so it it's not only like the brochure of my practice. Mm-hmm. Here's what I am. Here's what I do. Here's what I believe. All that stuff. Let me teach you some stuff. But it also mm-hmm. is like administratively, it's almost like having an assistant yes, work, I like working that. in the practice. I like that. And so it it's by far, even though it cost me a lot over the years because I had to learn, I had to pay to learn. <laughs> It, it's by far been the best investment in my practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you talk about like investments in practice, you know, we talk about the ROI return on investment. Yes. Um, that oftentimes as business owners, we look at things as expenses and expense has like a negative connotation. Like it's, it's, it's an expense mm-hmm. to cost of doing business. If I could cut it, I would. But when you look at marketing in a website, it's not an expense. It's, it's mm-hmm. an investment. Like I am spending money with the expectation yes. that it's going to bring money back to me. This is not like paying the light bill. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a therapist, so, I like that term also, right? Cause I try to you know teach my clients, like you're not sacrificing invest. anything, right? You're investing right in your emotional <laughs> bank accounts. I like that. <laughs> Words are yeah. important. Words, are, Words important. are important. Yeah. Matt, what else? What's something else that uh, you wish you would have known? Okay, so I have covered that selling is part of the job, that marketing is critical, that you need a, a big, robust, diverse network of professionals. Um, kind of something we've been talking about now, if I attract a client and it's the right client and we're a good a match for each other, I need to make scheduling easier mm. for that client. Mm. That's, that's something I would tell my younger self make scheduling easier it if i make it more difficult it's not only difficult for the client it's difficult for me mm-hmm. schedule getting on my schedule becomes a pinch point a bottleneck for both of us yes and i would say it this way too eric is that <laughs> you know coming to counseling is hard mm-hmm. coming to couples therapy is hard I get that. I don't need to make it any harder. I need to make it easier. Yeah. It's like a, 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 a couple decides we need help. We're going to go see this guy. It needs to get easier from there, not harder. But they can't agree already. Now they have to argue about when, when can we go see him and is he yes. available? And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah that's like, yeah. Yes. That sounds like a train wreck. And Charlene, yeah, you, were, and the, you were just kind of talking about that, about scheduling and losing time and time is money. Time is money. All right. Mm-hmm. So here you're, 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 you're thinking, you're thinking about the right problem here. So here's your mm-hmm. solution. Have a scheduler. My business uh, mentor, that's one of the, that 
years and years and years ago. That was probably one of the life career changing things for me was when I had a schedule, when I, when I started using um, a digital scheduler online. Because Matt, I don't know if this is your experience. If someone schedules you, what's, mm-hmm. what are the, the chances of them actually canceling on them, canceling on you if they actually schedule it themselves? It certainly is lower. There's yeah. a little bit more nuance to it, though. In With me and my scheduling system, they could also reschedule. So by giving them some power over the scheduling, some authority over the scheduling, it has reduced the, the likelihood that they won't show up. Yeah. You know, ten, I don't know the number, but tenfold, it has definitely reduced the, the chance that, the, that they won't show up. And cut so out all like that in, time right instead there. Instead of them yeah. canceling, right, they would just elect to reschedule and they can actually pick a time that works for them instead of calling mm-hmm. you to do that late work, late work. And, and mm-hmm. if they pick the right time for them on the front end, if they choose the right time for them, mm-hmm. they're likely to show up. Yeah. If for whatever reason it doesn't work out and they can reschedule, they're likely to show up. Um, if I choose a time for them or make it hard or any of that stuff, you know, or we agree hastily at the end of a session or on a phone call, they may not show up. Yeah. So Trelena, you're saying you're talking about paying for a website, not paying for a website. We just saved you a ton of money yes. in scheduling. So pay for your website. <laughs> you can pay for a website. I can pay for a website, <laughs> right? Yeah. I love it. What's uh, what's something else maybe that you're uh, you're thinking about right mm-hmm. now? All right. So we, we've thought about the ideal client, right? We're thinking about mm-hmm. how to get them there. They've scheduled, but then where are they going to go? <laughs> Your office space, right? I'm thinking about where, you know, what would that look like? I got them in the seat. um, And if you're a therapist, if you're doing any type of counseling, if you're working with people in general, like you need to make that ambiance, the atmosphere where they're going to be comfortable, right? And that's extremely important for therapists. But here's the thing. This has kind of changed within this last Mm. year for therapists. Like I've been talking to many therapists where um, we're thinking about what does our future look like? Because teletherapy has really changed the game um, for many of us. I I scroll when I am on social media, I'm scrolling Mm. and I'm seeing there's so many websites now where like people can just kind of click a button and they can they can go see a therapist right um i i have friends that are therapists that have legit um let go of their lease and now they're only doing teletherapy um and so one of the questions i'm asking myself is do i need an office space right now is that uh, an overhead that i actually want to invest in um because our climate you know it's it's it feels like, like, okay, maybe I kind of see where people are going. And let's be real. Of course, there will always be people that will prefer in-person therapy. Absolutely. Um, so that will always be there. Uh, but I'm getting clients, you know, all across Louisiana now. Like, I'm getting clients from places in Louisiana that I actually never heard of. Um, and so it's in my mind, I'm thinking about what well, if that continually grows, if even in our profession, um, we are able to you know, reciprocity happens and, and, and portability happens, which that is actually in the process right now um, in legislation. Will I need a practice? If my clients are in, in Florida and Texas, uh, do I actually need an office space, right? 
But then, of yeah. course, there's limitations to that because, yeah, working from home can be great, but sometimes it's actually nice to kind of have, uh, you know, work outside of home, right? So I'm thinking yeah. self-care, boundaries, things like that. Yeah, I love how you're thinking about, you're, you're thoughtful about that. Yes. That, that. That's big. And the fact that you're, you're kind of, um, you know, working your way through it, I think is, is, is telling. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Matt, you have any, any thoughts? Any thoughts on well, that? Well, it is a really important question is where are you going to do your work? Um, and, and for the clients that come to see you in person, where are they going to come? That's a really important question. And, um, uh, office space is expensive. It's, you know, a big expense for a, a new practice for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a real, it's a big expense if clients don't need to come there. That's a big expense. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it is certainly something to, to really take into account. Um, I, I think the future of counseling though is a hybrid model mm -hmm. of clients coming to some sessions in person and attending some sessions remotely. I, I think remote counseling, remote counseling is a game changer in that it allows people to come to counseling who may not be able to get there. You know, you, you're, we said you're our, our first repeat guest <laughs> yes. last year. We did a whole episode on the benefits of teletherapy Correct. and you, you have a lot of experience and expertise in that area. Um, but I do think that while remote counseling is a game changer for our profession, and I'm, I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. I think the future of counseling is still a hybrid model of, of in-person sessions. And so with that being, with, with, with thinking about that, I still need to think about an office space that my clientele would enjoy coming to and feel comfortable coming to. And Absolutely. that works for my practice that I can afford, that I can afford. And maybe that means I share the space or sublet the space. I, I need, maybe I need to think more creatively about using the space or make it multi-purpose space rather than just me tying it up seven days a week um, when I'm only really using it two days a week. I need to think about that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think there, there's a lot of um, opportunity there. If, you know, if I were to build a new practice right now from the ground up, I would build a, um, you know, a counseling center that had six or eight rooms, but that you know, 15 or 20 different therapists used mm -hmm. at different times. In addition to having therapy rooms, it would have these, you know, it would have private spaces where you could do teletherapy on yes. site if you wanted it. So yes. I think you could build a, a, a site now or an office space now that that is more in line with the market now. Kind of this other idea that you brought up, though, is that most of us need a space to work, to go to work mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. it's been great to work from home, but most of us, even most of my clients are saying, man, I, I, I do like going to the office to yes. get away from home. Absolutely. And I do a lot of teletherapy now, but the majority of it I do from my counseling office mm -hmm. and I enjoy it. I enjoy it there differently than I enjoy doing teletherapy from home. So I think the off, I think like corporate office space is probably changing over the next five years. I mm -hmm. think that rents will change. Lease structures will change. You might want to not sign a real long-term lease. Maybe you want to mm -hmm. sign a shorter term lease mm -hmm. um, and, and see where it goes in the next few years, see where it unfolds. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. And just that's to good. add so to that, I'm, right? Like you're, you're wanting to think about like, what does that office place 
office space look like, right? Like there's like a, a type of mindset that you have to have when you're doing remote therapy, right? Your background, your optics, and then there are other type, um, you know, when you're thinking about in-person, right? So even if you're doing yeah. this kind of hybrid model, being very thoughtful about what that looks like, parking, things like that. That's yeah, right. That's good. If, I, if I'm good with numbers and if I'm counting right, Trelena, you talked about four things already. So what's the fifth thing that maybe you're wrestling right now, kind of thinking through? Yeah, Matt, Matt kind of, you know, hit on it. Um, you know, again, if we're thinking about the trends, if I am personally thinking about where I'm going, starting my practice, I've been doing this for a while. Um, the burnout rate for counselors is something that we all need to be thinking about. I'm thinking about what is my end game? Um, how can I make money or my practice work for me so that I am not necessarily having to be there um, all of the time for the practice uh, to be making money, right? And so instead of uh, me getting one office uh, for me that, yes, you know, of course, uh, it, it might be a little bit more cost effective, right? Uh, but then that means that I am always kind of having to be there and make money so that I can pay for that, as opposed to possibly uh, getting other um, multiple office spaces, right? Um, and thinking about, can I sublet that? Um, you know, do I have to be there all the time? Um, so basically really thinking, what is my end game? Yeah, I like that. I think you have, and, and from planning, you know, if we're planning for something, we got to go, we, we need to know what we're planning towards. You know, we, we talk about end game. I talk about end game with business owners from a standpoint of of retirement, like, or, or not necessarily retirement, but like you're building this business for mm -hmm. what, what's the end game? What's the end Is game? it for an early retirement? Is it, you're trying to save so much mm -hmm. money. So it, it's mm -hmm. building, mm -hmm. it's kind of planning with something and, and having that vision, I think is, That's um, it. do I want other therapists is, to join me? Do yeah. I want a collective? Those type of things. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, any thoughts on that before you give us your last, uh, yeah, Trelana, you're so young. You have such a <laughs> you have such a long career ahead of you and such a, a long time till you're in game. But counseling is one of these professions you can do for a long time if you're if you're if you're healthy. If we're healthy, we can do That's this. It. If we take care of ourselves physically and, and emotionally and spiritually, we can do this for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we got it. We do need to think about um, how do we diversify our income to some extent because. You know, as, as you've heard me say in the past, every hour that I'm not seeing a client, I'm, a, I'm unemployed that hour. And that's I don't, it. I don't want my, I don't, I don't want <laughs> like that, that pressure yeah. all the time. You know, <laughs> that's, that's, that's too much. Yeah. It's too much. So you need to, you need to, uh, I think you need to diversify your income somewhat just for income insurance, if, if nothing else. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm excited to see what you do and how that unfolds for you and, and your work and your life. Thank you. Thank awesome. You. Yeah. I like that. Diversify your income. I'm a big yeah. fan of that. Uh -huh. fan Diversify of that. your income. I like that. Matt, last, yep. you, you, you're, you get to, to share the last thought uh -huh. with us. Old wise one, um, <laughs> old man. Uh, you are the oldest on this, on this call. Uh, yeah. So what's your, yeah, yeah, I am. Um, and, and, you know, about that, counseling is one career where getting older actually helps you. So I'm, I'm not opposed to 
a little gray hair and getting a little older because it's attributed to me as wisdom in most circles. Um, so let me say something wise here. So number five <laughs> for me, things I wish I would have known uh, before starting a practice is, you know what? I need to be helpful to everyone who calls me. That's something I figured out several years ago is that I get called all the time by all kinds of different people for all kinds of different things, many of whom will never become my client or never become a paying customer. Let me say it that way. will never become a paying customer. But if I can help them in some way, I know stuff they don't know. I know like I have resources they don't have access to. If I can point them in the direction of another helper or another professional, they generally, generally or, or, or genuinely appreciate that. And the fact that they got me on the phone and I took time to help them often means the world to people. When people are calling me, they're often not at their best. They're not at a great spot in their life. And so I, me taking the time to answer their question and be helpful generally means so much to them. Mm-hmm. And, and at times, frankly, honestly, they do become paying customers. They do hire me just because I took the time. But even if they it don't, which is not the end for me, even if they don't, I just find that it comes back in some way. Uh, you know, people have helped me along the way. Both of you have helped me along the way. Other, many other professionals have given me time and, and advice over the years. And I, I just think that there's this, you know, this there's this whirlpool of goodwill that if you make a deposit, it somehow comes back to you. And, and I don't, I don't, I don't think that I should spend all that much time trying to figure out if I can make a dollar off of this person. I think about, can I help, can I help them get what they need? And it'll be fine in the end. Man, that is so good. So one of my favorite, I'm a, I'm a Proverbs junkie. And one of my favorite Proverbs is he who refreshes others will be refreshed himself. Hmm. So the idea is that if you are helping and in, in giving, in fact, one of my five pillars of financial security is to give to others, is that mm-hmm. if you are actively helping and giving, the person you're helping and giving yourself to, they may not be the one who, 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 who helps you in return, but there's just this idea of, um, man, when, I, when I'm looking to help others, build others up, um, looking out for their, for their needs, whether it's a, a potential client or a colleague. Just this morning, I got an email from a, from a colleague asking me all questions, all kinds of questions about podcasting and and some issues and some questions that they had from a compliance standpoint. How do you how do you do these things? And um, yeah, I, I welcome that. It's 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 fun to give to others and to see others do well. It's one of the things that my dad always taught me. He's like, never step on other people. Always help mm-hmm. other people to success. Mm-hmm. If you help other people to success, you'll you'll be successful. And that's something that that rings true. So Matt, I love. I love that. How to be helpful to uh, to everyone who calls. Yeah, I and I would that. even say even as even starting out with your own practice, right? I think I think there's mm-hmm. two mindsets, and I see this a lot with money. Mm-hmm. Uh, two mindsets of scarcity and abundance. Mm-hmm. Right, the people who 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 have this scarcity mindset. Um, there's not enough that, I, that there's not enough. There's, yeah. not enough. there's not enough to go around. Mm-hmm. I, I need to go. Get I need to go get. I need to go store up three months worth of toilet paper because there's not going to be enough. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, versus the abundance mindset that man, there's so 
much to go around. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, what Matt, Matt, what you just described in that in that last thing that you wish you would have known. And my guess is you've always probably been someone who's helped others as long mm-hmm. as I've known you. You have, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's an abundant mindset yes. that um, I can give to others, and there's enough to go around. Yeah, yeah. And then if you if you want to kind of attach that to this concept of you know as a therapist you should want to to find a client that is best for you right you know and so if if you're talking to that client and oftentimes yes i'm talking to the client and we're fielding questions and i'm i'm really trying to create this like team oriented approach that like let's just find the best therapist for you and that might not be me right and maybe it isn't right and i i kind of help them find the the next person but they're going to remember that as matt was saying they definitely remember that so when they're talking to that next person and someone is like oh this is a i actually know a therapist right maybe that therapist wasn't right for me but I can actually help you, you know, find that person. And that's the client that you want. You want the client right. that's the best fit for you because, um, you know, yes, I appreciate you telling, you know, telling everyone how young I am. Um, but I, I specialize in trauma, right? And so, yeah. you know, although it is important to take care of myself, a lot of people that do that type of work as therapists, we burn out way faster, Right. And so it is important that you are finding uh, the best client for you so that you're not working so hard. And sometimes our burnout rate comes from we're not really being thoughtful about the type of client, the best fit. Because of that scarcity mindset. You just took over the show because (laughs) you started you started with ideal client and you just kind of wrapped us up with ideal client. That's that whirlpool that that Matt was talking about. (laughs) Thank you for that. Yeah, I think I've solidified it, right? I like that. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Well, Matt, before we wrap up, any 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 closing thoughts before we uh, we bring this episode to a, a close? Well, for, for, for all of those out there who are uh, in the mental health field and thinking of starting a private practice, just know that you're, you're in a great profession, you're doing good work, and you're highly valued in our community. People, people appreciate your work. Um, and, and that they're, in addition to doing the good work of, of therapy, it's also enjoyable to build a practice. And so maybe you'll take on that adventure as well as Trelena is doing as <laughs> I have done. It's, it's a lot of fun. It it's is. enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for all of our uh, listeners who uh, may be potential clients, um, just know that we build, we build these businesses for you. We build these businesses, um, uh, so that we're here when you need us. And so, um, reach out to myself, reach out to Trelena, yes. um, reach out to the many, many, many other wonderful, skilled, uh, tremendously compassionate and caring mental health professionals that may be in your community. Yes. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much for sharing, Matt. Thanks for sharing your, uh, your wisdom and, and your experience. And Trelana, thank you for, for kind of being vulnerable and sharing some of the things that you're uh, working uh, through again just entrepreneurship is something that's fun it's exciting it's invigorating and it really does tie back into this idea of investing in relationships dr matt morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater new orleans area to learn more about his work visit drmattmorris.com eric garcia can be found online at plan-wisely.com His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-4000.
5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated.